Welcome back to the Young Hearts Run Free podcast. It is time for a new season. We are on, unbelievably, to season 10, La Decima. And we've got we've got big plans. We've always got big plans, John and I. But we're going to well, we're going to hear a wee chat about those plans to kick off season ten. As you tune in, we'll be reaching new heights. I don't know whether that's heights in terms of podcast content and quality, but there'll be new heights getting reached somehow. Um, John, welcome to season ten. How are you? Uh, I'm up to high though, as normal, because we're doing something. I don't think either of us ever set any expectation of how long Young Hearts Run Free would go. Where was it? June 2020 we started. Um, we've never, that's never entered the conversation. But to hit season 10, the 20 episodes a season, mm. is quite phenomenal that well, A, that the listeners are still listening, and also B, that we're still here and still loving doing what we're doing. Exactly. If you keep on listening, we'll keep on churning out this, um, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's great to be here, man. Ten's a big big number, man. Double digits. No, it's 20, 20 episodes per season. Yeah. Aye. There's not many podcasts go 20 in a season. No. Plus, we always drop in a wee bonus episode here and there. And then there's a wee spin-off stuff that we've done for the lakes and all that as well, man. Okay. Brilliant. Definitely. So, um, actually, 2023, season nine, we kicked it off September. And I was having a wee look back just to remind me of what we covered. And, and we, we went to all sorts of places. Um, mm. It was a veritable magical mystery tour, season nine. Um, we said it would be different and hopefully you've enjoyed it but 2023 I think we've John and I have got access to a little analytics tool for the podcast where we can see (laughs) trends and listening statistics and it's quite interesting and we have a look at it every now and again every day (laughs) no (laughs) every now and again and 2023 saw well over a hundred thousand listens to the podcast no we don't care if that's good bad indifferent we've got a scooby because we've nothing to compare it with right but we're happy about it oh we're delighted because i think to myself a hundred thousand people in a football stadium aye but oh. you take you you take go outside the uk to even get that wouldn't you size mm. a stadium totally now that doesn't obviously account for the fact that if you've listened to 40 episodes, that should get counted 40 times. But anyway, we'll not get into the nitty-gritty of it. I'm thinking Champions League final at the new Camp, rebuilt, and there's 100,000 folk listening to John and I in the centre circle. <laughs> <spout time. laughs> oh, can, you, can you arrange that? I would love that, man. Oh, I know you would. I know you would. You take a look at that gold jacket for that <laughs> particular um, landmark event. But anyway, Thank you for keeping on listening. I think we've got a couple of wee asks. We didn't ask for very much, do we? 
No, no, we didn't. If anything, wait till you launch your Patreon. We've no intention of doing that. I don't think unless John introduces it in the 2024 planning meeting that we're having soon. Hey, never say never. All never all never. options are open. Okay, um, but anyway, the wait a minute, I lost track, John. What was I just saying? There? No, you're just just talking about how people can support the podcast and spread the word. That's yeah. exactly it. It was leave us a review on like a Spotify or Apple or wherever you consume your podcast, whatever platform you use, because that helps us to get the word out there and it puts us higher up in the algorithms and the rankings and all that kind of jazz. Preferably a good review, but also if you think it's a load of pish, then that's also all right. <laughs> that's cool as well. We're down with that. Um, but try and keep air towards the higher end of the scale. That would be nice. And then you can also just share it. Share the podcast with your pals on your running WhatsApp group or non-running WhatsApp group. Share it on the bloody, the Bairns parents WhatsApp group or something like that. Anywhere. Just go and say, I say this pair speak shite for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Want to pass some time? Here you go. This will be it. I've, and we've also heard as well that people hear about the podcast in all sorts of different ways. It might be that you see somebody wearing a buff. It's got Young Hearts Run Free podcast on it. You know, it's we know that when you see, I've had people say it to me, running past me, normally running past me, nice buff, mate. And I'm going, thanks very much. You know, and th- there's a wee connection. When you see, it's not just Young Hearts Run Free. You see somebody with a similar garment to yours, you get a wee connection, you get a wee nod, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, but um, there's loads of ways you can do that. You can also buy a buff if you want to support the podcast. It's a great way of uh, spreading the word as well. Um, but Stephen says, and this thing on Spotify, it seems to come and go. Leave a voice message. It seems sometimes it's on, sometimes it's off. We we don't we're not in control of that. It just happens sometimes. It's there. But you can always leave. A, we add a wee poll in. Get in touch with us. We had a after the, I think it was the unawards or plans for 2024. We got a few bits of feedback in there. So please interact that way as well, or on socials. We love yeah. to know what people are doing and yeah. their thoughts. So please get in touch. Yes, there's some content when um, when the the pot has run dry, which is rarely actually. John and I could speak shite for all day. You probably know that by now. So yeah, thank you for tuning in. And so yeah, season ten, John, what lies ahead? We said that season nine was going to be different. I think we delivered that every single week of season nine. It's only fair to say that I think we'll just continue with that theme. Because, to be honest, seasons one to eight were different, too. So, <laughs> it's just how we roll. And we've got to say, we've been very privileged to speak to some wonderful people. Um, and thank you to everybody that's put us in touch with some yeah. of these wonderful people as well. So, um, but we are, we finished, actually, maybe we should do a wee look back at the last episode of season nine with... Fergie from Arca Patrician because we've had a great response to that. Obviously, Arca Patrician was um, last weekend, so we can speak about what happened there, but also say a massive thank you to everybody that messaged us or Fergie via us on social media. So it was really, really brilliant. So can we do a wee bit of that before we launch into 
Absolutely. A wee retrospective is always good. And I think I really enjoyed chatting with Fergie. And it's looks like everybody enjoyed listening to our chat with Fergie as well. He was um, such a likeable fella. And I think that insight into the other side of a Ultra, the, the directing of it, is... Mm. You know, it's a new insight for many people just to know what's going on behind the scenes. And he was dead um, open and honest about how that's delivered and some of the challenges. Um, but it was last weekend, the Ark of Attrition down in Cornwall. Mm. And we were watching it probably even more intently than normal, just because we'd had that. We were fresh off that chat with Fergie. Um, so I was certainly well tuned into the dot watching festivities and really watched the start of the 50 in that Minak theatre because Fergie mm. did say it was the most incredible start and location of a race in the UK. He did. Yeah. And I, I, having seen it, I think I can see where he's coming from. He's also I, never done the chili, which starts in a play park in Octorada. <laughs> I've had a few messages sent to me about... That 50 race looks all right, eh? Start on that. Mm. Um, and it definitely does. It looks absolutely fantastic. But only a couple of weeks ago, Jack Scott smashed the spine record. Mm-hmm. And and he, he didn't have it. was a fantastic performance. At the Arc of Attrition, Mark Derbyshire goes, hold my beer, mate. Steps up and breaks his own record at the Arc of Attrition, going for the first time, uh, going sub-19 hours. Mark finished. Mark won the race. Um, He beat defending champion Gavin Dale, who Fergie spoke about as Mm -hmm. well. Um, And then he finished in 18.51 to take more than 20 minutes off of his previous best. Um, Gavin Dale was only 10 minutes slower than his winning time from last year, but finished about an hour and 15 minutes after Matt Derbyshire so that's some high quality running in there and in third place Rob Forbes finished in a time of 20 minutes sorry 20 hours 30 minutes and 15 seconds a time that would have won the race in six out of the last eight years so some pretty amazing performances going in there can I speak about the ladies as well top three yeah aye Um, of course you can Fergie mentioned Sabina Vergie was going to be going down there. Sabina won in 23 hours, 3 minutes and 40 seconds, but she was still an hour outside of Emma Stewart's course record for last year. It just shows you how good that was from Emma, but well done to Sabrina. In second place, Jenny Crouch was 25 hours, 3 minutes and 45 seconds. And then Stacey French rounded out the podium in 25, 49, 38. So massive congratulations to them in completing that course. And something that Fergie spoke about was the unpredictability of the weather at this time of year. Mm. By all accounts, it looks like they've had a good weather window between named storms almost. (laughs) Um, and, And the participants have... I don't know why Mark taking advantage of the conditions, and I'm sure if they'd been more challenging, you know, it it's so like many events, weather dependent on what oh. the race. So Mark could have been faced with a lot harsher elements and ran a lot slower time, but actually performed as well as he did 
to get the 1851. Yeah. That yeah, makes yeah, sense that, to me. Hopefully it makes yeah. sense to you. No, it, it, does, it does to me as well. And But you can only play with the cards you've got. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so... Like we we tend to get caught up in you know comparing race times, which you know was something like be like a marathon or something like that, where that the mm. variables are less. But with an ultra marathon, you know, comparing year on mm. year, it, it, you almost need to throw a weather difficulty factor into it. Aye, and for a race that long. Definitely, there's all sorts of stuff can happen. You can get that, what do they call that, four seasons in one day. You can get that in an hour in Scotland in times, and I'm pretty sure you can get that in Cornwall as well. And the photographs that we're seeing on social media for the Friday night, we're like, that's idyllic. It looks absolutely fantastic. You know, the sunsets, and the, I love when you get the, the sort of silhouette photographs, and there was loads of that coming up. Oh, yeah, the, the, the media. The media was quality, the... There's been a lot of time and effort poured into that. You can tell it's hundred percent high awesome. quality. And even at the end, I think they got a sort of portrait photograph done rather than just your standard race finishing photo. Ah, which brilliant! Were I really quite. Um, there was a lot of atmosphere to them. Do you know the actual? You know, wasn't it just a photo you crossing the finish line? It was like I'm absolutely spent. Here's me. Yes, brilliant, and we love that, man. Brilliant, absolutely. So, I want to give a couple of shout outs as well to a couple of well known people to us listeners, and yeah. that's Alistair Meldrum, who went sub 30, previous guest Alistair Meldrum, went sub 30 hours this year as well. But there was a lot of photographs with him and a certain Colin Anderson, who had on the Friday night the sort of start finish uh, photographs, and that Colin was doing a thread about the buffet. He obviously likes a pervy, does Colin. <laughs> And I think the, we were talking about this. Did we say that Colin started but never finished last year at the Ark of Attrition? So he was going to scratch an itch, eh? Aye. Yeah, yeah. And he scratched the itch whilst also putting together a rather quality thread on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, of Aye. pervy examples from the Ark, which is, he knows how we're wired up. So Aye. we, I was like zooming in, zooming into all the photos just to see what the offerings were on the various pervy tables um, yeah and we do know the freeway cola was there that's not that that won't ever bypass the the peepers of the young hearts on free folk so yeah is it <laughs> steven's sitting shaking his head and maybe pulling a wee face the very same face that we've seen previously in england yeah uh, <laughs> we can ram your freeway cola i think bars cola is the minimum standard cola definitely Definitely. Also, we'd like to give uh, a mention or a shout out. We mentioned her last week, Ali Bailey, who had put a fantastic post on Instagram post race. Quite openly had went for a sub 30. That was her aim. She finished in a smidgen, I think was the term she used, just over 34 hours, which was like eight seconds over 34 hours. That's Ali's smidgen but she also in the post that she put out she said i'm just going to quote her actually something i do need to remember and you do as well is that i am constantly surrounded by elite athletes record holders and people that are legends of this sport i am not one of these people they are talented work unbelievably hard at the top of their game and to think they are normal is just in ali's words batshit mental because 
they're in the field of, because they're in your field of vision doesn't make it feel like you should be them as well. I probably never will be. And that's where acceptance needs to come in. I think that's a very valuable lesson, you know. So Ali um, can be incredibly proud of her achievement of finishing that. And um, I'm sure she'll come back. She's already saying at the end of uh, her post, same time next year. So you know there's unfinished business from Ali Bailey. And a number of things, not just at the arc of attrition. But and, uh, sorry, on you go. Well, we know that Ali's book landed with a lot of people in yeah. the last week or so. Um, and it's shot to the top of the charts in various Brilliant. platforms. So, yeah, get in touch with us if you've enjoyed currently enjoying or have enjoyed reading Ali's book um, There Is No Wall Yeah, brilliant and I'm just trying to think, what was the episode with Ali Bailey? It was season 9, episode 12 go back and give that a listen Yeah, um, yeah, it got listened to it was a, it's been a popular one aren't they all? Yeah, definitely aren't they all? <laughs> so no, well done everybody and yeah who knows, we might, we might see you next year Aye Oh, right. Moving on, let's talk about now. There's been a wee bit of a gap between the last time and the most recent time Stevie Boy towed the line at Mulgai. This is true. This is true. In fact, I had I realised I've been in Mulgai and I've seen. For example, John off in his West Highland Way race, um, but I've hadn't actually been on with trainers with intention to run from Mulgai since April two thousand and seventeen. That's a long time, man. Things what might have fuck. Things might have changed since then. I realised that, <laughs> and it was only when I was looking back at Strava activities and I realised the last time I was here. Jeez, jeez, oh. Cheesy peeps, man, I say to myself. Um, and yet last Sunday, here I was at the train station at Mull Guy. Deck to ready to run with my good friends, John Robb and Frank McGaffney, who had, well, I say invited me along, I kind of invited myself along <laughs> <laughs> to their um, fling training run that they'd planned on Sunday morning. Um, and the intention was to run to Balmaha to Mulgai, which is a smidge over 19 miles. Yeah, yeah. It was aye, it was great because there was other folk, other folk running. There was just, in fact, even in the car park at Mulgai, there was a wee group of trail runners meeting and it turned out it was Nick Dawson's Epic Trails. They were oh, away. Yeah. That was just a meeting point. I think they were going up to Calendar Loch Venacher way for a, a run out. So they were chatting to us. You know, you get that the runner connection. Yep. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a great day. Have a great day. Oh, yes. And then on the trail, there was other people um, saying, hi, I spoke for a wee boy there and things like that. It was nice and relaxed, social pace. It was windy. It was windy in the right direction. So it was a tailwind. It was a southerly. You so your it was one of those days that you could just pick your jacket up like a sail and just, you know, hang on. <laughs> no effort required. I wish that was the case. It was 
listen to the Bonniest, to be honest. I was a bit like, oh, I can kind of remember the first part of this news to why I've never been back. <laughs> There's a reason in there. <laughs> Aye, it takes a while to get going, doesn't it? The West Aye. Island way. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, then you start seeing Conic Hill kind of coming at the distance and then you, you're you starting to have your sights set on that um, Conic Hill can we talk about Conic Hill I want to talk about Conic Hill I've not been back to Conic Hill I think I walked up it two years ago the day my lost I can't remember why I was there I must have been somebody day with somebody running waiting for somebody coming off the hill but this was before they put in the new path so I'm interested to hear your thoughts well, the new path is still being put in. It's not complete. So okay. the lower sections are, but the top section still to be complete. Um, now, you know, John, when... So there's to, to start it, there's a, a wee bit of damage to the path on the way up. Okay. Towards Balmaha. Just by the storms and bit of kind of path being washed out and things like that, which probably says why they're needing it to do. Mm-hmm. something a bit more sustainable on the other side which is a popular tourist trek up to Balmaha to Topper yep. Conic Hill and, and such like so you can understand the, the whys and they're, they're, they're doing it but they've put these so where they have finished the path it's like flagstones almost like but they've almost done it like crazy paving and it's, it's got different colours uh-huh. I don't know if it's by design it's just by the way that the, flat, the stones have come out of the bags which I think were air by dropped in by yeah. helicopter or something like that. Um, are they steps or is it no. flat? Well, not flat, no. but it's path. Neither are. Okay. They're nothing like, they're no steps or it's flat. They're someplace in between, um, which makes it really quite difficult to run down and forces you to run, you know, at the side of the path where you can, where yeah. you can get grip on the grass, which is then eroding Sure. Path, which is why they put in <laughs> So I'm no, not acknowledging that. You know? so, but there was times where for grip, because they were a wee bit of skitey when there'd been a bit of slick water mm. on them, you know, you'd go on to the side of the path just to get that bit of grip and control. But when you're running down them, John, it's quite hypnotic because it's like crazy paving and you're trying to move your feet fast and trying to find your um, where your footfall is going to be. Do you know, yeah. compute a can you compute four or five steps in front of you? I was getting a wee bit of dizzy. Aye, I can understand that, man, because you're concentrating as well, obviously. Concentrating, and you're extra concentrating because there's walkers coming up the way, and you're thinking, the last thing I want to do here is fall arse over tit. And some of them are maybe out with their cameras as it is, and you would be featuring on some kind of showreel later on in the in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Mixed feelings. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if you're doing it, if you're doing the fling or the West Island Way race and you think, oh, I'll no bother with wrecking or can doing training runs before Balmaha, let's do it offside and things like that. One day up and over Conic and things like that, just to get used to it, because it's one of these I think you could get programmed in. Yeah, yeah, programmed in that is coming and there's an expectation there because it is just a wee bit zany compared to how it was. And then by the time you got we got to the bottom of Conic Hill, there's been a lot of trees falling over. Mm-hmm. 
blocking the path and you're clambering over them. And there's one bit in particular where a lot of trees have come down and you had to say circumnavigate them a wee bit. And we were like thinking this is like an obstacle course. Um, they'll, they'll pay those cleared up by June, come, come April. Oh, I'm April sure. for the fling, sorry. In fact, yeah. they're probably quite happy that they're there just now because they're deterring maybe as many walkers going up the hill whilst they're still no finished the path work. Aye, I'm with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so it's a good shout though, man. Even if you're not going to do the full Mogati driven driven to Balmaha, get yourself to Balmaha and get up and down Connick Hill. Experience it yeah. before race day. Yeah. yeah. And up and over. So start at Balmaha. Up and over yeah. Connick Hill and then back again is a nice, you know, so if you're maybe doing a training run from Balmaha and heading north, mm-hmm. then it goes far north and they the up and over Connick. Yeah, just, you can, just after yeah. that. Yeah, you can also look back. Remember the Connick Canter did a bit of a loop, didn't it? You could yeah. also go leave Balmaha car park, past the oak tree in, take a left and then come up and over Connick that way. Yes. It's best to experience it, so it's not a shock on race day. Noted. I shall have to do that myself. So that's a good okay. shout, man. There you um, go. So that's the crazy paving of Connick. Okay. Right. Brilliant. Anyway, there was tons of you know foreign tourists and stuff at the top of the hill, and I'm thinking to myself, if it's all right to get up there, it's a it's a fair wee shift, Ken, if you're just hot off a maybe an all-inclusive breakfast at your hotel or something like that, and then all of a sudden you're getting, it's like, what, I don't know, a thousand foot climb or something? I'm not sure how high uh, Conic is, but it's, it's no, it's a good, it's a good climb with an awesome return of a, an amazing view when you turn around at the top of there and you see Loch Lomond, it's quite spectacular and hopefully yeah. uh, we'll be looking forward to some lovely sunrises because the days are getting longer Stevie boy, sure you noticed? They sure are, they sure are, I was just keeping my eye on the Bacon Roll reward at the end I had my heart set on that and that, that came in due course so. <laughs> Good man <laughs> good, okay. good morning out good morning out, it was it was toasty. Aye, as is getting a lot milder. And you know what? We're at that time now where people will be doing reckeys for all sorts of different events. Your winter training's come to an end. This is just time to get tour into the actual reckeys and prepping. April's not that far away for the fling, is it? You know, it's not far away at all. So. No, not at all. But before April, there's something that we'll be speaking probably quite a fair bit in season 10. Early clo- stages of season 10. A bit, clo- a bit closer to home, eh? A bit closer to home, and that's the gathering of awesomeness version 2.0, which is happening on Sunday the 23rd. Is that right? 24th? Sunday 24th. the 24th of March, also yeah. known as seven weeks on Sunday, if you're listening to this, when we launch it. Jeez, oh man. Right. Um, there's you can also- still enter. Ah, you can still enter. Yeah, it's still open. It's still if you're open. getting about it. You might also, if you're eagle-eyed or birdie-eyed, notice a wee change to our Brandon coming up for season 10. So Brandon, Brandon Flowers. Well, that was Fergie. That was the killers. Fergie did Brandon Flowers. We did a different kind Our of Brandon. Branding, yes. Branding. So. Well, season 10, unpredictable owls. There we go, man. <laughs> Not to be confused with the irritable owls who reside in Perth. 
Exactly. So, Whereas <laughs> unpredictable owls. Unpredictable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shall, shall we speak about this week's guest? We do have a guest. We do have a guest. It's, a, it's a, our headline act for season ten opener is quite fitting. Carla Molinaro is the lady in question, and we were fair pleased that she agreed to come on. Big thank you to Mark Gallica for being our agent in this. Mark put us in touch with Carla, um, and we were able to arrange a, a, a time. Carla's based in Cape Town, South Africa, so um, it was with glee that we, John and I, managed to spend an hour or so in our company. And Carla's, it, you know, he's talked about. You talked about Ali, you know, and elite athletes and stuff like that. Carla is at the top of our game, um, and she is a, um, she's she's got some amazing achievements on her running CV, and we kind of just delve into it all, don't we, John? We didn't focus on one thing. We have a wee bit of a, right, Carla, what's your origin story, and then batter into all the. Mm-hmm. All the yeah. shit that she's been doing, which as, is pretty epic. As we normally, as we roll, how, or how we roll is, we ask a few questions and then something gets said and we want to find out more about something. Mm-hmm. And Carla was very open and transparent with everything. We found out a lot more about Carla during this interview than than I knew about Carla. I knew she'd done some amazing things, but she speaks about them very well. But you're right, we cover a whole range of topics and distances and disciplines it's uh it's quite brilliant i really enjoyed it and for season 10's opener i think we've nailed it stevie boy i do and there's lemon meringue pie features highly which if you're a podcast <laughs> fan you know if there's lemon meringue pie content in there it's going to be a good one. welcome to the young hearts run free podcast carla bolanero how are you doing this afternoon i'm good thanks Annie. I'm I'm very well. We be excited, but that's the norm for me. How are you, Stephen? I'm good. I'm also excited, and yeah, we are. But one transcontinental again, aren't we? Which yeah. was, actually it was unexpected for me. Um, Carla's actually based over in South Africa, in Cape Town. So yeah, we're hands across the ocean. We like to do that at Young Hearts Run Free. But really looking forward to this chat. Carla, thanks so much for giving up some of your time to chat with us. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> right. Let's cut to the chase. Let's do that. What we normally do with um, guests that we have on, Carla, is we ask them to provide a wee bit of running history about what brought them into the world of running, what running means to them. So there may be some people who maybe are thinking, Carla, what to find out a bit more about that. So over to you. What's the backstory? Um, I started running when I was back at school when I was like fourteen. Um, and yeah, I guess I don't know. It's kind of pretty boring. I started off doing eight hundred meters round a field at school, and then over the last 25 years of gradually built up the distances um 
And yeah, I now do ultra run, ultra running predominantly, uh, but I did a 15k race yesterday. So I do shorter stuff too. And I did have a little break, um, well, actually for 10 years where I did triathlon when I started uni. And then I actually went back to just running again after I did the Glasgow half marathon in 2014, when I realized it was a lot easier to not have a bike and a wetsuit involved in the mix. Uh, and yeah, since then, I pretty much, yeah, was doing half marathons and have gradually built up and chipped away at the distance. 800 metres to ultra, there's a wee bit difference in there. And can we, can we give a bit of a background as well? You mentioned that you're in South Africa just now, but you've travelled around. You've been in Scotland for a while, weren't you? You're based in Scotland for a while. Yeah, I came up to Scotland to work on the Commonwealth Games in 2014. Um, so for, I finished, I worked on the Olympics up until 2012 and then came up to Scotland. Uh, and I did, I loved living in Glasgow. Uh, it was loads of fun, but eventually the rain broke me and then I left. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking a wee bit about the weather before we hit record about yeah. comparisons. We've had the rain again this week, this weekend. Now you mentioned there, here's the, I did say we would go off the questions that we had sent to you. Here we go, we're about two minutes in. You mentioned there working on the Olympic Games, working on the Commonwealth Games. What sort of work were you doing with these events? The Olympics, are so both of them I was working for the organising committee. So the Olympics I did testing and readiness. So that's where you kind of like, I tested everyone's plans and made sure that they were knew how to problem solve if anything kind of went wrong. And then for uh, Glasgow, I had five, five or six venues that I was um, looking after the transport operations for VIPs, athletes, media and technical officials. So would speak to like the police and the local government about how we got people around um, the city or cities, because I actually had all the satellite ones like Edinburgh and Oh man, my head's fried just <laughs> thinking about that. You know? Yeah, so like logistics and planning type role. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah like ops, yeah. logistics, planning. Yeah, it was fun. Did you ever nudge them and say I could give you a run for money out in the track? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I wasn't very good then. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get we'll, we'll get to that um, that curve then. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what were you in Glasgow for a, a year or or so? Uh, I think it was about two and a half years in the end. All right. Okay. So you have sampled yeah. a fair bit of that liquid sunshine, yeah. so yeah. to speak. So, and when you said about going from track to ultra, what was it? Uh, did did you road running, trail running? What what kind of path did you take? Did you do the old marathon circuit? I've I basically just did a little bit of everything like started off you know at school track 800 meters 1500 meters then 5ks 10ks then I did a little bit of trail ultras then road ultras I think a lot of people now they're just like I'm going to become an ultra runner tomorrow and they've like never run before where I guess my path was like just a very gradual steady build up to ultra distances um which I don't know which one is right or or wrong but it's been quite nice to kind of 
try a bit of everything like road mm. track trail mountains forest paths all that sort of stuff and what what's your preference now what do you what, is it about everything you still like or do you almost have your favorite thing and then the thing that you're best at if that makes sense yeah so i'm best at road ultras but i prefer running on the trails it's more fun mm. nods <laughs> from john and i mm. i've also got a wee question as well with regards to glasgow were you, did you join a running club when you were in glasgow yeah i was training well i ran for bella houston road runners and then ah. I was training with Laura and Gemma, Laura Muir and Gemma Riki's squad. I was running with them when I was up there. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but Which was fun. I, I got myself in a bit of trouble yesterday about Bella Houston because I was speaking mm. to a chap and he said he's with the Bella Houston Harriers. I said, oh, I've done the Jimmy Irvin 10K. He went, mm, yeah, that's the Bell Houston Roadrunners. I went, mm, <laughs> sorry, mate. But he says, yeah, that's that's the rival club. But um, yeah. it's a very challenging 10K. They do it in Bell Houston Park, obviously. Yeah. Um, but a, a good run. So, and it's quite a big a big club, Bell Houston, isn't it? Very popular. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was a nice club. Yeah. Nice colour of vests, eh? Purple, yeah. and purple with a blue yeah. on it, yeah. And, yeah. They, and, they, and they all call each other Bella. Don't they all run it? They <laughs> call each other Bella when they go past Do each other. Do they? Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's a shout at me. That's a new initiation thing. <laughs> I think it's their way. Or maybe, I, maybe I've made that up. No, I'm pretty sure when they run yeah. past each other as a sign of encouragement, yeah. they'll shout, go on, okay. Bella. Yeah. That's oh, identity. Yeah. yeah. That's now, we've got... A number, well, there's a host of topics we could we could speak about, um, and but we've mentioned as well. Sorry, my mind's going a wee bit thinking. What do I speak about next? So I'm going to, you know what? Let's go, comrades. Let's do that. You're in South Africa. Let's speak about the comrades marathon and your experience there. I'm most intrigued. I read a blog of Adrian Stotts about a conversation that he'd had with you, Carla. And was talking about um, the Comrades Marathon in 2018. But what jumped out at me was your preparation for that event. Do you want to speak a wee bit about the Comrades Marathon? Sure. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know, the Comrades Marathon is not a marathon. So don't let them trick you. It's <laughs> 90k on the road. So it's an ultra marathon. And it's like the biggest and oldest ultra marathon in the world. So you get about 20,000 people lining up on the start, which is, it's mental. Um, Cause most ultras you get like 200 people. So mm. to have like 20,000 is mad. And then yeah, in 2018, I joined five other guys where we thought it would be a good idea to attempt to run from Cape Town to Comrades. So the idea of that was to run a Comrades a day for 20 days, for 19 days and on the last day, do the race um so it was 90k a day and we would kind of like move across the country as we did it but yeah we all ended up getting injured after like six days and then we just tried to like everyone then had different goals so my goal at that point shifted to my parents were coming out to watch the race and I was like if I don't get on the start line my mother's going to kill me so um 
because she was spending a lot of money to come to South Africa. Um, so I just wanted to see how much distance I could do in those 20 days. So I ended up running 900 kilometers. And then, yeah, like the week before the race, I was like, oh, let me just play around with the taper. So like on Sunday, I did 60K, Monday 50, choose like 40, 30, 20, 10. I don't advise that taper strategy to anyone. It's stupid, <laughs> but that's what I did. And then, yeah, on the last day, did the race, which, yeah, went slightly better than I thought it would. Um, I basically had no expectation. When I got there the day before, I went and got my race pack and they'd given me like an elite start, which I thought was hilarious because I was like, my legs are battered. Like, there is no way I can run run well um but so lined up with all the other girls and they were all looking at me like they were like who are you like they're all in their like proper team kit and i'm just in my civvies so like okay i think she's lost shame um and then yeah ended up finishing ninth which was a bit of a bit of a surprise i think to everyone <laughs> so that the, the comrades is when they change the direction it runs in every yeah. year isn't it I, you've done it more than once I've done it six times. Yeah, and I, I knew that was a bit of a loaded question because we've been doing <laughs> a thorough research. Um, yeah. how, how did your time compare that in 2018 to your best outing on it? Uh, so it was 50 minutes. This uh, last year I was 50 minutes quicker. Okay, and that's with that being the focal point rather than 900k. Yeah in 20 days yeah. in your legs okay um so yeah if anybody's ever thinking of doing that then yeah it, it's sacrifice an hour or so if you want to do your 900k taper <laughs> yeah it's not that bad it's all right it's almost acceptable <laughs> for the amount of beats that you earn yeah exactly how was how was your race day experience in 2018 i know you're saying you finished nine so that's a fantastic result out of 20,000 as you're saying but how was your race day experience after having done that i'm going to call it i don't know if it even call it preparation but that experience how was the race day carla uh can't really remember like you just but like you just i was just sore like my legs are just mm. battered so you just, i just ran like i didn't i didn't know what time i was running i didn't know what pace i was running didn't look at my watch i had mm. no idea how long it had taken me until I got into the stadium and saw the clock. I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, that's right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I literally had, I just ran, which was quite nice. Like there was, there was no pressure. There was no expectation. So yeah, mm. it was quite very different to how I did it last year. It's almost like running off piece day when you're tuned out uh, the metrics and the, yeah. 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 See that the, on the comrades, you say there's about 20,000 people on the start line. That must make it, the biggest ultra in the world in terms of numbers of participation there's nothing else comes yeah, close to that eh? yeah yeah mm. I mean, there's only a few of the select actual big marathons get you know in excess of that type of mm. number as well so what a, what, a, what a logistical operation i'd love to speak to the the, the race director yeah. give me a shout if you know <laughs> i'm just thinking that twenty thousand people that's a lot of food as well <laughs> isn't it so Food's one of our favourite subjects, Carla. How did you? How do you fuel? How does Carla fuel an event like that? What's your preferred nutrition? So I use gels um, for like ultras, and then I 
for that race, you there are aid stations every 2K, so you can get food mm. from the aid station or you can have a support crew. So my parents were my support crew and then they would stop along the race and, like, give me more to kind of top me up. And, yeah, in terms of, like, numbers and stuff, when I race, I have about 110 to 120 grams of carbs per hour. Um, wow. So I have quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and then we'll have like water and salt tabs, kind of <laughs> salt tabs like two an hour and water like when you can. Yeah. How are you? Sorry, please excuse me, ignorance if you've answered this. How are you getting that amount of grams in? Is that like if you're taking gels? What are you taking whole food as well, or is it just no, predominantly? Just gels. How many gels is that? like three gels an hour so i alternate between spring awesome sauce which has got 45 grams in and then morton which is 25 so i alternate one of those every 20 minutes and then i top up with the extra bit with like a morton carb drink as soon as i see support crew like i don't carry that on me like when i see my parents i'll grab that and just and i'll probably have like five bottles throughout the race cool what was the first type of gel? The one, the, the high carb one. It's called Spring. Hmm. Got to give a shout out to your parents as well. You mentioned at the start that your mum was flying out for the race, but they're actually there in a support role. So it's not just that they're waiting at the end to go. Hmm. Well done, Carla. You know. That's their job for the year. They like it. <laughs> they're pros now. Ah, uh, they'll know. Well, they'll know. They'll know if there's somebody who's going to know you inside out. It will be. Yeah, your parents. Yeah. So yeah, they can predict things or yeah. sixth sense, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but the thing is, it's not like a trail ultra where you don't stop. Like you're you're running fast. Yes. So mm. it's actually quite a hard race to second because they've got to like jump from place to place, and then they're just there sticking their arm out, and you grab it and you go. Like I, it's like I'm not sitting down and having a chat. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We nice can do that later. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then they're back in car and then overtaking you into the next exactly. spot. Exactly, and trying then... to get to the next place, yeah. And, and you I have to it... be really, like, fluid because you don't actually – it's so busy. There's about a million people that line the streets to watch it that uh-huh. you don't know exactly where you're going to see them. Right. So, actually, when you're running, you have to be very conscious about, okay – I know they're roughly going to be in the next 2K, so you've then got to, like, look out for them and try and spot yeah. them. But we've got, like, a little system and stuff now, so. So how often would you see them, though? You're not going to see them every 2K, because that would be impossible for them to get there, because you'd be running no, as fast no, as I, they could get there. I see yeah. that there's an aid station every 2K in the yeah. race, and I see them probably every maybe 12-ish. Yeah. I've seen them about six times in the race. So you tell them to wear like a red shirt or something. So you're you're seeing the arm out with yeah. a red shirt, or something like so that. My dad will stand further up the road and then be like, "Your mum's two hundred meters down the road." Ah, oh, because sometimes, like when you see someone, it takes a minute to register. Yep. Yeah. So he'll tell me, and I'll be like, "Okay, cool." And then, He's like, or they'll out. send someone else up, yeah, to be like, they'll tell me that they're okay. So yeah, quite a system. You would so, need yeah. to have a system because it's just when you think about that, twenty thousand people starting potentially, but support crews as well. That's a lot of people, isn't it? They're moving in the same yeah. direction at the Carnage. same time. 
Yeah. So do you want to see, you're the first person I think we've spoken to about this actually. Do you want to say a wee bit about the actual event? Is it something you've done it a few times? Is it something you would recommend? And is it easy to get in? Oh yeah. See, like there's a well, there's a week window where you have to enter, which is normally in November. So you just pay your entry and then you're in. But once all the entries have gone, they're gone. There is a loophole, shall we say, where in May, if you decide that you don't want to do the race anymore, you can resell your place so you can get a substitution. Mm -hmm. So if someone's selling their place, you can take that. So there's a second window. Um, And basically from the race is always in June. It's always on the second Sunday in June. And from September the previous year till May, you have to do a marathon within that time. And your marathon has to be under four hours 45 for you to qualify. And then the quicker your marathon, the the further forward you start. So basically, you want to try and get the best marathon time as you can because it's gun time. It's not chip time. It's not map time. So as soon as the gun goes, the time is rolling and it can take, you know, like London, 15 minutes to cross the line. So the quicker your qualifier, the further forward you start, the less minutes you've got on the clock. And then the cutoff is 12 hours. So, and if you are 12 hours and one minute, you don't get a medal. You are cut. I've heard heard about the end. Yeah, it's quite brutal, isn't it? It's like we're done. And there's people like steps away. Oh, man. But then that's... It shouldn't come as a surprise because that's what it's. Mm. Yeah, it's and it always around. baffles me that it's a surprise. But I'm like to people like, <laughs> work it out. Like you know what average pace you have to do to finish in that cut off. Just look at it on your watch and stay under it. Yeah. And like you should like I think a lot of people like you should be training at that pace or quick. You know, it's not like surprise on the day. <laughs> yeah. Ta-da. You know what it is. And I know that might sound like a bit brutal to say, but I'm like, it's some black and white. <laughs> yeah. Even in the small you know, like if I was trying to get into the Olympics and was like, oh, but I'm only like 30 seconds slower. They're like, no, mate, try again. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't quick enough. You're like, all right. <laughs> On your bike. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, it sounds one that is, I think it would play your strengths, John. I really do, so... Go on, I'll, I'll hold I think it if back. anyone's an I think if anyone's an ultra runner like you should do it once it's it's such a hard race to explain it is insane like the views are shit there's nothing to look at it's like you're not doing it because you're running past like mountains and beautiful views but to do something with that many people with people lining the route like the whole country stops for this day to watch this race mm. and it's it's just mental like when you're actually out there running like there is i've done so many races in my life and there's nothing else like this race oh i like that i like that do you have a preferred direction well down at the moment because i haven't had a good race going up but hopefully this this year that will (laughs) change second sunday in june yeah it's always the one you've done better at isn't it yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's when the the, the feel good endorphins are kind yeah, of accessed. Exactly. You know I mean? um, okay, I want to move us on from South Africa and mm-hmm. into more familiar home territory. Um, so, 
Landsentage on the Groats, um, a little different than 20,000 people lining up in uh, um, the biggest ultramars in the world. We want to hear, well, wh when did the thought of Landsentage on the Groats and, and running it and record attempts and such like come onto your radar, Carla? What was the seed? Uh, when the world went into lockdown. Yeah. Literally, I had nothing else to do. So okay. I was like, cool. <laughs> this is my chance. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that in 12 weeks' time. <laughs> and the, mm. uh, you talked about the planning there around about, you know, your, your folks, your mum and dad in the race role. Well, there's 900 and something miles to cover here in terms of support role and you had 12 weeks mm. so did you mm. go into your logistics and planning mode <laughs> yeah pretty much i think because i've got a background in logistics and planning uh -huh. actually that side of it i found very easy to do um and because it was it was literally so the world went into lockdown in march 2020 and then i started the run in july and and it was that little window when everything opened back up again. So I was just lucky because yeah. I like picked, it was my birthday in July and I was like, I'm going to do this run and I'm going to finish it on my birthday. So that was like literally the thinking that went into it. And then I was like, okay, I'll plan backwards. And then for Guinness world records, you have to apply to them 12 weeks before to get your record approved. So I pretty much had 12-ish weeks. Yep. So I was like, cool. This seems like a good idea. And I had no idea if everything would be open up again or if I'd be allowed to do it. But I was like, I had nothing to do. So I was like, well, I might as well plan as if this is going to happen. And actually, like Scotland opened its borders. We started the run on like the Wednesday and Scotland had opened its borders on the Monday. So it was like everything just fell into place. I was yeah, like, the stars okay, were cool. aligning. Yeah, but to actually find a support crew for that was really easy because everyone was furloughed so no one had anything to do so <laughs> I actually had too many people because everyone was bored and everyone was like yeah okay I'll help you I've got so it was one of those like just really lucky windows where people were free no one had anything else to do than to follow me on a stupid <laughs> mission to run the length of the UK all these caged tigers come on because because there was a period certainly in scotland where you were being warned or requested to stay within your postcode area but then it, that yeah. did open up that did open up and allows yeah. you to do that um so just for to get it on record 12 days 30 minutes and 14 seconds is the record that you that you set mm. um quite phenomenal to think that you can cover the length of the island in that in that amount of time was there a more challenging part than others what was your what was the hardest part cornwall and devon were actually harder than i thought they were way hillier than i thought they would be mm -hmm. It was actually like in your head, you're like, well, the highlands are going to be really hilly. But actually, the way the roads are, they weren't. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I think I've probably got a bit of a shock at the start when I was like, oh, shit. Like I smashed my legs up on like day two. It's like, mm. this is going to backfire. <laughs> um, 
what's the average distance a day then? I know you'll have that different so days. So I but... did 110k, so like 74 miles, I think it was, a day. Okay. That's Roughly. going to bash the best of folks' legs up. The Was there any thought of doing it the other direction? Were you always doing it? No, I was going to do it in the other direction. And then I uh -huh. spoke to a guy called Dan Lawson who had tried it the year before. Yep. And then Dan said to me, no, nah, mate, do it the other way because, like, the winds are hectic. And I was like, well, he's done it, so I'd be stupid not to listen to him. And then Dan actually – so I changed my plan after chatting to Dan, and then he actually ended up doing um, it himself the week after I finished. I was like, we should have done it together. <laughs> 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 Literally yeah. a week apart. Yeah. Dan's a friend. Dan's a friend of the show. We went out and met Dan when he was doing his – one of his one of his attempts, we went to see him. Yeah. Um, I think he yeah. was doing it the other way when we seen him. He was. He was going north yeah. to south that time. Yeah. 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 And fueling strategy for that one always comes back to food, Carla. Mm. You wouldn't be doing Glans to join the groats on gels. No. So that one, I basically ate something every thirty minutes. So I'd have a big breakfast, so like porridge for breakfast at like mm -hmm. ten a.m. I'd have something bigger like a fried egg sandwich or something like that pasta for lunch pasta for dinner and then in between that every 30 minutes i'd put an alarm on my watch i'd have something so it might be like some fruit a yogurt uh half a sandwich uh bar like anything but like just basically constantly eating the whole way and i think i only lost like one and a half kilos over the whole thing which i think was pretty good because it just meant i was like meeting that fueling requirement for yeah the trip because yeah like food i think is it's such an easy win like nutrition in terms of like racing and stuff like this like you don't have to train harder you just have to learn to eat and you're going to perform better so yeah for me it's always been one of those things that yeah, eat it. I find it easy. I think I'm probably lucky that I can just find it easy. I can just like shovel food in my mouth and run. <laughs> Brilliant. Carla, see and when you said earlier, sorry, John, about the 110, 120 grams of carbs an hour on an effort like Comrades, is that a scientific when you're doing these multi-day or is it just that 30 minute and eat something? Yeah, so when you're racing single, like in one day, it's all about carbohydrate like there is absolutely no point in eating fats or proteins because your body's not going to use it as a fuel source and it's so it's literally wasted energy like people are i'm gonna eat proper food it's like you're wasting energy but when you're doing multi-day you have to think about the protein source because that's what helps your body repair itself and the fats help your body mm -hmm. synthesize the hormones that it needs to function so you do have to be considerate about spreading out carbohydrates, fats and proteins the whole time during the day. So I wasn't as specific with in terms of numbers for the multi-day, but it was making sure that I was alternating and getting a bit of everything because you couldn't just wait until the end of the day because your body needs to be drip fed that yep. protein as well as the carbs. Yeah, through it. No, thanks for that. It was just, yeah, I, I was. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. Do you not get sick of gels? You must have just built up an immunity to the your tolerance level of how many gels you can um, 
wolf down but oh, it's, it's disgusting like at comrades this year i was like you get over you're like i do not want another gel and then you just have to say i'm just like just suck it up i'm like mm-hmm. just fucking have it and yeah. you know it's one of the like i don't want to i don't want to have a gel they're not the nicest things in the world but they're super easy for you to get in and for yep. your body to absorb the carbs from it. So, like, I've just got it into my head, like, I'm just making my life easier. Yeah, I think it's a great message. Like, you know, just because I think I can learn from that because there's times even, you know, in a marathon and I'm like, you know, at 20 miles, 21 miles, and I'm like, just, I've got a gel in my pocket. It's winking at me. It's saying, you need to take me. And my head and my stomach's going, nah. Now nah, I'll, yeah. I'll just I'll just tough I'll just, and I've done it I'll just tough it out you know just because yeah. I know fine that would probably make me feel nausea or whatever so I just go but you can get away with that maybe at a marathon you know, I'm not saying I'm not belittling yeah. the marathon distance but no. yeah you've built in this you know okay that this is to go down or things will unravel mm-hmm. but then we spoke we spoke to Andy Berry who won the Lakeland Hundred last summer he did that on gels as well you know because he but he's trained to do that obviously um it's the most efficient way it's like yeah it's it's, uh, efficiency of getting the carbs into your system and unbeatable what's yeah what's your desired food when you're finished after all the gels what would be your treat when you're finished Carla? what's your favorite so when i finish comrades there's this cake shop called Waterberry in Belito that serves the best lemon meringue pie known to man. So I go there, although this year, uh, well, last year, I got there the day after and I went in, there was one piece left in the fridge. So I was like to the waitress, I was like, please, can you save that for me? She's like, it's fine. Don't worry, we've got another one out the back. I was like, all right. And she came over to me about five minutes later, was like, I'm really sorry. We've just sold it and we don't have any left. I was like, you fucking kidding me? And then she's like laughing. I'm like, I'm not joking. And like all my friends around the table were like, oh shit. Because I've been looking forward to this for a year. (laughs) (laughs) And then she was like, do you want something else instead? So I had the cheesecake and then the cheesecake was awful. And she's like, is it? And then I lost my shit. I was just like, your cheesecake's awful. Um, (laughs) I'm a proper diva. Should we tag them in or not? <laughs> I think when I went back, she's like, We'll have it, we're making one now, we'll have it ready for tomorrow. I was like, All right. So I went back the next day, and you could see as I walked in, they were like, Oh my God, it's her. <laughs> Give it a big slice, big slice. Yeah. And I was like, Do you have lemon rind pie? They're like, No, we've only got lemon cake. And I was like, Are you kidding me? And then she's like, Just showed it to me. I was like, No, that's the lemon rind pie. It's fine. And I had it, and it was as good as I'd remembered. Um, but yeah, that's what I have after cool, that yeah. race. That's a good story. I think um, John and I can both relate to that one. Yeah. Um, can't relate to running from Land's End to John or Groats, but we can relate no. to. See, on the Land's End to John. You have to have cake. You have to have cake for breakfast after a race. Oh yeah. So could have with any. Yeah, cake, yeah. pizza, and a can of full-fat Coke. That's where I go. But anyway, and I've got another question. Another question about Land's End to John O'Groats as well, and it's about sleep. How mm. was that? Was that planned, Carla, or was that a case of let's just be fluid with that and see how you roll with it over that twelve days? I basically went to bed at eleven o'clock every night because it was just by the time we had like finished and wrapped up. 
and then I was up at four every morning to start running at five so I got I got five hours sleep a night but I couldn't really sleep it was like it's so pain like you're it's so painful and I don't know if you've had it like after a race where you're like your muscles can't relax they feel like yeah twitch your legs yeah yeah so sleep once I'd finished the jog I felt like I was jet lagged for about two weeks afterwards and I think that was just lack of sleep but I couldn't like I had no egg at the time so yeah were you getting a massage every day yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. okay and that you know five hours broken sleep or whatever and isn't the human body an amazing thing that it somehow adapts to it you know because we we tend to normalize these things you know because we'll you know in ultra marathons even the distance in ultra marathon has become quite yeah. normal so yeah. it's like your your body is saying well that's what you're getting just now so cope with it and you know you, you're doing things in your control you know massage eating the proteins that you need and, and all the things but you know eventually your body just says all right i need to accept this <laughs> kind of crack on yeah um, it's, it's amazing but i think it knows when it's gonna happen because like as soon as i'd finished then everything swells up and then you uh-huh. feel like shit and then it's like when you're finishing a marathon like you get cramp in the last 400 meters because your body your mind's really, you know, it's linked to your body. So it, it's like, it's like, yeah. okay, cool. I can stop now. You're yeah. like, no, not yet. Like you've got 400 meters to go. So yeah. Yeah, you've seen, you're right. Though. It keeps you've it together it for as long as you're right. Though. You, you see that arch, yeah. don't you? You see that arch. Yeah. And it's just yeah. your body's going and you're going, no, no, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. You know, so Harsh brilliant. Are cramping the like. Had yeah. you been had you been to John O'Groats before? Uh, no. I it, so can you can you sum up what it felt like that the last? How was the last day? Did you? Because I know you set that record of twelve days thirty minutes, but how much did you run on the last day? Oh, so yeah, the last day, I by then I think I ran like the first thirty k, and then I basically had to walk in the last seventy. And I was over it. And I was like, I'm not going to sleep until I finished. So we are walking. So we just walked <laughs> through the night. That walk, right? Like if I could run, I tried. Um, we ended up finishing at 5 a.m. in the morning. And it's weird. You like finish and you're like, it's almost like underwhelming because you just, mm. you're like, thank fuck that is over. Like, <laughs> I don't care. I'm out of here. Like you just, it's weird. You don't have time to like, Everyone's like, oh, it must have been amazing. And you're like, nah, I was over it. <laughs> <laughs> like, Get the photo, goodbye. And also... And like, this northerly storm had come in, so it was like 60 mile an hour headwinds. The guys that were trying to cycle out of John O'Groats, they couldn't cycle on their bikes because they were getting blown sideways. So you were just like, what? what is this? Typical July and John O'Groats. <laughs> Yeah. And also no bakers with lemon or hang. None. Distinctly <laughs> no. average food up there. Although there are some good bakers up there. You just got to know where they go. So yeah. yeah. But uh, John's got the guidebook on that. <laughs> <laughs> I've written it. I've written it. Um but a phenomenal achievement that still stands. You know, it still mm. stands so brilliant. And Dan's no stupid enough to do it again. Dan's record still stands <laughs> as well, doesn't it? 
I'm sure Dan's told yeah, Stan's. Yeah, Dan's well. got the FKT. Yeah. And I remember, who does it, we spoke to a few people who support RAN with Dan, especially from who he was going up the A9, which is like Perth up to Inverness, you know, yeah. and like um, Dan's like running on the road next to articulated lorries. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and there's a path just to the side of it, but the path maybe got a few more dips and bumps mm. and stuff, and he just like, you know, and there's a lot of whiskey lorries, tankers coming up, thundering up and down that road, and it's, you know, it's well known locally as no type of road that you would really want to be running alongside. Um, th th did you ever feel frightened or anything like that, or has your support crew got your back all the time? Yeah, not really. By the time you get, because I ran on the A9 as well, but uh -huh. by the time you get there, you've been running along roads like this for like 10 days. You're like, whatever. Yeah. Like, yep. it's so normal. The only thing was, you do have a lot of people coming and joining you for a run, and they're like, I'm going to join you for this bit. And then I was very aware. I was like, no chance. Like, I'm willing to take the risk for myself on the road of death, but not <laughs> for you. So I would only let people then join when we got to a path, because... You, oh, yeah. yeah, you. I was like, this is it's too silly to have loads of us, so mm -hmm. yeah, that's something that I would do. I would run happily on that road, but I was like, no, nah, I wasn't willing to let yeah. other people, <laughs> yeah. And you, you spoke about comrades and the views and stuff aren't so good, um, and it's more around about that. I'm, I was taking it like the sense of occasion I've been involved in this yeah. big participation event. The views are nice up there, but the the road is pretty shit <laughs> so well done for surviving that particular one and then once you get past Inverness things kind of relax a wee bit I hope um, yeah and like my my actual favorite part of the whole of the jog was we actually went on the, the trail and ran over the Pentlands ah. and that was like amazing like it was only 10k but it was like the best 10k ever I then realized like how hard the road was because I got mm. there and could actually let's use the term fast loosely but I could run quite fast like up and over the hills because it was like so soft on your legs right you know get mm. the judder the judder yeah and it was so yeah that was like the probably my favorite bit of the run brilliant well well done on yeah. the Le Jog FKT so I'll be for the Pentlands well there's a lot of <laughs> listeners are um, either based in Edinburgh or are drawn to the Pentlands on a an almost weekly basis so it's, it's a, yeah. a fantastic playground john enjoys a wee burrow around the pentlands don't you john very much and just as carlos described <laughs> it's um yeah it's a it's a wee bit of heaven and it's got everything you actually mm. need for for running for hill running trail running it's got everything there it's quite unique i think in the yeah. uk that it's got that and then it's, it's right at the city as well. So yeah, it's yeah. just right there. Yeah. And as soon so. as I got off the hills, someone gave me a can of Iron Brew and like one of those. What are those bars? The Caramax bar thing. Caramel wafer. Yeah, yeah. Turn, like, turn, turn so it's caramel wafer. Like, yeah. This is so Scottish. Yeah. You know you're in Scotland when you're getting <laughs> these kind of gifts. Yeah, some haggis, neeps, and ties. I was like, all right, I'm in. Brilliant. Can I can I move us to a different distance, different kind of event? Because you were crowned world 50 kilometre champion in November 2023. What's it like to run for your nation, Carla? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. yeah how, do you, how do you get selected? Do you, do, do you nominate yourself? How does it work? No, so Team GB put out a selection policy with like times you have to 
hit. Um, uh-huh. And then there's normally like an A standard and B standard time. So A would be like an individual and then B is like good enough for being selected as part of like the whole team. And I actually ended up getting the time from my 50K split in two oceans, which is another ultra in South Africa. Um, so I did the time in April, it was a 56K ultra, but my 50K time counted as the A seeding um, time. So yeah, I got the time and then I got selected and got told that I was racing in June. And then, yeah, the race was in November in Hyderabad in India. Which, yeah, what, what's temperatures like in Hyderabad in India in November? Are they like 30 degrees? Yeah, yeah. 100% humidity and full of pollution. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's just like what? <laughs> I mean, I, I know they like to take these events around the world to different places to, exp- yeah. you know, there'll be a lot of reasons for that. But it seems a strange choice that you want athletes yeah. performing at their optimum and yet you're doing it in uncomfortable temperatures with other factors, shall we say, mm. thrown in there. Um, yeah. But the, we'll have a lot, a lot of listeners that are going to be doing the 50 k and there's 100k in perth in march time the anglo celtic plate um yeah and the the, the 50k distance do, do you just would you just approach that like just a long marathon yeah i did it off marathon training yeah 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 basically the same marathon track didn't do anything mental and what was the the route like in india was it was it loops or was it a point to point what was it yeah it was 10 5k loops um and yeah it was a loop and then it had a little bit which was probably a k which was out and back um which i actually really liked because for like nutrition and stuff it was super easy it meant i didn't have to carry anything because like every 5k you were coming back past the aid stations and on every loop with the little out and back you could see where all the other girls were in the race so you could see like how you know try to look at how other people are doing and you could see where you were and so i know some people might think that 10k loops are awful but 5k loops are awful but for me it was it was really good i really liked it i get that and we haven't we haven't to do like calculations on the hoof like knowing where you were how tactical was your running that day so yeah it was a really tactical race but it for me it was like also the perfect race so a few of we had kind of spoken about it the day before with a few of the girls and people had said what times that they wanted to go out on so for me i'd been training at running at 345 minutes per k um and then when the race started i was in the lead group and the girls at the front were going at four minutes a k and so like the guys race they just all went off and the leader just went as fast as he could where i just thought well this is easy i'm just going to sit behind these girls so i was like i'm just going to go along for the ride and there was a group of about six of us i'm like the conditions are hard it's hot it's humid um so i just sat behind them and yeah and then like gradually as we went through the race another girl would kind of drop off it then got to seven laps and there was three of us left so i made a bit of a surge and no one came with me so i was like well it's stupid to make a surge now if no one's going to come with me so i'm just going to drop back and run with them again and then on the eighth lap 
one of the American girls did a surge and I was like, oh, that's a bit spicy. But then she stopped to go to the loo. So I was like, well, I'll just jog and wait for her to catch up. And then, yeah, on the last lap, it was just me and the American girl left. And then I just pulled away and she didn't come with me. So it was it was weird. It was like very comfortable base, you know, just cruising around like every I think the difference between my first 25k and second 25k was like 20 seconds Mm -hmm. so it was just like metronome like the whole day like very cruisy like very so I was just like you know there's no prize for time so I didn't care Mm. what time I did yeah yeah definitely is it like you handled the conditions best with the other girls you know I had gone and done two weeks acclimatization in Dubai so yeah I went out there before because I knew the conditions in Dubai were very similar to India and obviously the likelihood of getting sick in India is higher um so yeah I had gone I don't think anyone else had done that um Mm -hmm. so yeah I think I probably was acclimatized better but but you did said as well there though it's just having that awareness about making a surge if maybe not the right time to do it so why put all that energy in at that point and put pressure on yourself so fall back it's just having that awareness but from what you've said there about the acclimatization as well and you said when you started speaking about it they were going off at four minutes you're mm. comfy there so why yeah. why exert yourself there just sitting and because it's about on the day isn't it so it sounds like fantastic race management congratulations world 50k champ it's taken a while because I've like raced races before where I've gone off like a dickhead and thought I was like queen of the world when I wasn't and you know gone until I've blown up and done races like that but I think you have to also like go through that you know Hmm. you go through those races and there's a time and place for them but yeah it was a really nice experience to feel in control and be like this is cool and like yeah. understand maybe a bit more like you know when you watch the 5,000 meters or 10,000 meters at a world champs and you're like what are they doing why are you going so slow and you're like well they're just conserving energy until the mm. final bell because the time doesn't matter yeah but it must be nice too that you could do it and have have it feel comfortable for you on the day rather than it being a big mm. panicky crazy thing yeah. to actually just have that to reflect on because what you've just spoken about there sounds like it was a for want of a better expression a good day you had a good a very good day and to be to be able to remember it and speak about it like that yeah. is brilliant so yeah, and that, press so, play and things yeah. have happened as, you, as yeah. you planned them and then yeah the other the competition haven't been able to live with that so mm. gold did you get a gold medal i did I was also violently sick about an hour after the race and I've never vomited so much in my life. But at that point, I didn't. And I never vomit. I don't know where that came from, but I was like, all right. <laughs> and then I felt some, awful for the rest of the day, but I was like, that's fine. <laughs> some gels mixed with the polluted air. <laughs> <laughs> it's gross. Yeah. We've, we've spoken about a few things. There's a whole other array of things that we could be speaking about, but, but being, a, being aware of timings, what would you say? You mentioned oceans as well. What has been your? Have you got a favourite running adventure you've had, Carla? Favourite running adventure? Uh, yeah. Probably the Tour of Mont Blanc. So that's 
100 miles around Mont Blanc Mountain in the Alps. I've done that over four days twice. That's probably my favourite thing to do. Right. Was that in the race? No, no, no. Just by myself. Ah, I did it by myself first. And then I took, yeah, some friends to do it a couple of years after. It's a place in the the world that I've never visited or, or ran other than for winter sports. You know, but being there in the in the summer and the scenery and the you know mm. feeling like you're in a wee bit of movie set almost is um, something that kind of is burning away in my head. And I know John as well. Um, mm. so. Well, we're talking about we're talking about views and scenery. That's got it all, hasn't it? It's, I know. Um, plus cheese yeah. fondue. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, any place with melted cheese that you can dip a random okay. area things in is. One favor, <laughs> definitely 100%. And then we also like to speak a wee bit about kit running kit. Now, is it Hoka that you're with just now? Yeah, so it's totally okay to speak about, about them and, and stuff as part of this discussion. Um, what is what would you say is your favorite bit of running kit that you've ever had? What's your go to item or items? Um. Favourite bit, well, actually, my favourite thing, piece of running kit is squirrels, nut butter, anti-chafe, because I mm. chafe walking down the street. So <laughs> if I didn't have that, I would die. So, yeah, not running kit. Well, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah, well, it definitely is. Squirrels, nut butter, um, they they had a few. We have an annual awards, alternative awards sort of thing at the end of the year, and they got a few mentions. That was one of our categories, best anti-chafe. Yeah solution yeah. and squirrels nut butter did get a uh, quite a number of nominations um, mm. in there so it's I'll definitely kit yeah. squirrels nut butter sorry hoka <laughs> that's all right here's all your technology and all these shoes that you're spending millions developing but i'm going with a squirrels nut butter <laughs> i'm sure they'll get the sincerity <laughs> um now can we can we speak a wee bit about your i'm going to call it sky but it's not Sky as an SKY, it's SCY, Strength, Conditioning and Yoga for Runners. We shout out to Mark Gallagher, who has brought us together. So thank you very much for that, Mark. Mark was waxing lyrical about your strength, conditioning and yoga for runners. Do you want to say a bit about that, Carla? Yeah, so that's um, a programme that I set up again in lockdown. I actually started it just after I finished the jog because... I wanted a way, it basically started because at that time, a lot of people were like, come and do yoga for runners, get your leg and wrap it around your head and bow to the moon. And you're like, brilliant, I can't touch my toes. Um, And also doing these ridiculous strength sessions, which are just dumb, basically. So I was like, well, I'll take matters into my own hands and make a program that is like short and sharp and straight to the point. So with it, we do one yoga session, one strength session a week. And yeah, I basically talk everyone through it. It's pre-recorded. I record it the week before. I talk nonsense for half an hour and then you follow along and do the session. So yeah, the yoga is always 30 minutes. The strength starts off at 30 minutes at the beginning of the month. Each week it gets a little bit harder. And then each month we have a brand new um session and then I also try and add like our other value into it so we have Q&A's with sports nutritionists, sports psychologists, a physio one every month um, 
to just, I guess, for me, it was about giving people access to what a professional runner does. But obviously, these things cost a lot of money. So in a Q&A forum, you can come along and ask everything that you would need to to help you become a better runner. And, you know, since starting it, I haven't been injured uh, and I do a lot of miles. And I really think like it is boring and we all find strength and mobility and that stuff boring. But I think it's a game changer. And yeah, it's a monthly subscription, £10 a month. Hey, come along, do your sessions. Are you accessing it through an app or online? How does that work? Yeah, either. So there's either an app or you can do it on on your laptop. And it's, yeah, scyforrunners.com um there's a seven day free trial so you can give it a bash and see if it's up your street um but yeah just try oh. and help people be stronger and keep injuries away it's i think we'll, we'll definitely put the links up on the show notes and, and stuff carla but the the yoga for runners that part really is something that i've never really other than just do the odd thing on youtube when some you know when i maybe feel a niggle or something like that. Yeah. Oh, you want you want to do this this is you know and that maybe worked for somebody yeah. else but maybe not for me but so i think john and i have spoken quite a lot about strength and conditioning and it's now taken three or four years and we we're now signing up to the fact that it's it's of value <laughs> 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 however yoga for runners what would like you say is the big gains and benefits to that the 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 yoga part yeah so it's not your typical yoga like i've Uh basically made up a version of yoga so it's more like mobility it's getting a golf ball we roll out the fascia in our feet we do some exercises to keep plantar fasciitis away we do some balance when you're running everything is on one leg so For me, the yoga is more about having that body awareness where everything that you do in running is in one direction. So if we just start to move in different ways, it's a little bit like you said, you're like, oh, actually, when I do that movement with my leg, my hip is really tight. I need to go and get a sports massage and get in there or I need to do a few extra stretches for the next week to help iron it out. So it's more about just that 30 minutes of let me just check in with my body, see how it is, activate muscles that you don't normally. And then if there is a little niggle or something going on, you can get it sorted out before it actually turns into a problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm in. I'm, I, I, I'm 2024 is the year that I am vowing John to, to do something about Positive. <laughs> with, with I, love, I love when you commit to things when we're recording stuff. Yes. Oh, yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You no, can't I, see my left hand that my fingers are crossed <laughs> a wee bit, but <laughs> no, no, I'm just. No. But I think, as, you, as Stephen just alluded to, I think we've both recently had periods of niggles, injuries, and I think the strength of conditioning has definitely made a difference. And it's just that the things that we we know we should be doing, I think we're finally doing it. And the the recovery part of it is really, really strong. So big advocates of that. And as Stephen says, we'll we'll post the link to your website in our show notes. Stephen just mentioned a commitment to 2024. I'm not going to ask about your commitments, Carla, but what's happening for you in 2024? 
Um, my main goals for this year are to do get a PB at Two Oceans, to win Comrades, and to get a marathon PB. <laughs> so you're sort of playing it nice and quiet. Playing it nice and quiet then, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is your marathon You've PB You've got to go a bit now? ridiculous. Oh, so, yeah. You're in the right yeah. place Bold. for that. Bold. Yeah. yeah. What's your marathon PB um, just now? It's 246. Um, but that was my split at Comrades for my ah. marathon. So I would like to think it is quicker. So actually that goal hopefully won't be that hard to do, but we'll see. Marathons are always hard, so you never know what's going to happen. What marathon yeah. are you earmarking? Um, probably I'm leaning towards Valencia. Okay. Just because it's flat, fast, and you know what the weather's going to do. So yeah. I'd like to make my life as easy as possible. Thank you. Yeah, so that's what, second weekend, December or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a popular one for you know, people to head over and search, a, get the super shoes on, yeah. whatever whatever brand exactly. you prefer, and yeah. Yeah, let, let the magic happen. And it's, yeah. I think they finish on a sort of raised blue sort of platform, mm. which has got apparently super springs to it, and it propels you to all nice. sorts of amazing things. Yeah. No, there's no snipers taking you out with cramp in your leg. Then. <laughs> oh, that's that's a, yeah, that makes my year kind of pale into insignificance. But anyway, let's let's. I want to have a rethink about that. Thanks for sharing that, Carla, <laughs> and good luck. Just win, Thanks. comrades. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Yeah. I mean, Game that back. one is a bit of a stupid goal because you don't know who else is going to turn up, that's and it. there's obviously nothing you can do about the competition, but. You know what? Yeah. Ah, you yeah. got to believe. you got to believe. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, yeah. This has been a really, really fun chat, Carla. Thanks again, like I said at the start, for giving up your time. I know that you're a, a, a busy lady. Um, I've actually just <laughs> been looking through your Strava over the last couple of days, and yeah, you definitely are <laughs> out there <laughs> training and, and, and putting in the hard graft. Um, what we is like to do when we're closing up the recording we ask a couple of questions every week and one of them is it's a bit of a fun one um a dialect word a, a word or phrase or something like that that's maybe i don't know where you hail from where do you hail from i was actually born in south africa okay right okay so you're born in south africa spent a lot of time in the uk back in south africa so yeah and you've fair traveled about as well so hopefully you've picked mm. up something quite unique for us to throw into our dialect dictionary over to you <laughs> yeah i like the word lecker which just means like great l-e-k-k-e-r ah, is that south african yeah i think it's probably afrikaans right and it's like is it like cool yeah it's like that's oh, awesome just like funky. good great an affirmation of a pleasing way. Lecker. Yeah, I've never heard yeah. of that one, John. You <laughs> never ever. Yeah. But, I, but I love a first. I love hearing you think. Oh, that yeah, was I'll, there. I'll, it was there as well. Probably. I'll yeah. use that in some kind of interaction that I have this week with somebody there just so that I can pretend. Someone that. did ask me what it was the other day, and I was like, 
I actually told them the meaning. I was like, oh, I could have had so much fun and just told you it was like something completely like awful. And then you would hear all these South Africans saying laka and be like, oh my God, like, I can't believe I'm saying that word. Uh, brilliant. <laughs> Next time. Brilliant. Okay. Now, our, final, our final request from you, I'm just going to say something as well. If we can get, if you can send us your postal address, we can send you a summer buff buff. Now, this is what you need. You can wear it with your Hoka gear. That's cool. This is what you need to prepare you to first place in that Comrades Marathon. Just saying. So so we're just planting that. Right. We can Young do Hearts that. Run Free product placement for the... <laughs> <laughs> um, but our, our last request of you, and this is going to be a last but a first, because this will be the first entry into Le Buff Buff Collection Volume 7, which we put together these playlists for, oh, it's just for Steve and I, but our listeners like them too. Yeah, but, we do share them. <laughs> but this will be the first entry because it's a, this is a new season that we're putting out. And for every new season, we start a new playlist. So what song would Carla like to add in to the Le Buff Buff Collection? Actually, not add in, to launch La Buff Buff Collection Volume 7. So this song I listen to before I do a race to like get me in the zone. And it's called, it's Todrick Hall, Nail Hair, Hips, Heels. Nail Hair, Hips. John, is this another song that you don't know? I do not, I've never heard this. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row I've not heard that song. John is. Very much the music man amongst us. Go and see the title again. I've heard of the artist. What's the song? Nail hair, hips, heels. Oh, I'm in. It's ridiculous, I'm in. and it gets you <laughs> gets you psyched up for a race. Brilliant! Well, Thank it gets you me so psyched much. up for a race. Yeah, yeah. That is Brilliant. submitted as our first song for the new playlist, Carla. I can't wait to listen to it myself. What we do is we'll, we'll play out with that music playing in the background. So. Our listeners are going to get. Uh, a treat there's a lot of ear. swear words in it, so just <laughs> fucking brilliant. Choose a bit wisely. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. <laughs> We're all Full over uncensored. Full uncensored version for us. Thank you. Well, we've no, we've nobody to answer to apart from each other, so we're all right. <laughs> Great. You're cool with that. Yeah. So, Carla, this has been a fantastic chat. Uh, we've covered loads of stuff. I'm actually oh. amazed that we got through it all because we. We had that question set, but well, it's no surprise we went at quite a pace because you've got quite a pace about you anyway for a lot of the stuff <laughs> that you do. But I would, before I hand over to Stephen, I just want to thank you so much for your time, giving up your time to speak with us. And I want to wish you all the very best for your 2024. I wish you every health and happiness and hope you have an, an awesome year. Thank you so much, Stephen. Thank no, I just summing up as well Carla thanks again for giving up your time it's hugely appreciated and I'm sure our listeners are going to have been entertained for an hour or so of their long run or whatever their um, however way they're consuming us um, as <laughs> such um, but thanks for you know just for your origin story and, and going right through your um, almost your career it's been so so interesting and it's great just to get a chance to meet we and chat with you as well. It's been an absolute treat. So thank you so much and all the best on your um, 2024 endeavours. I'm sure we'll be keeping a close eye on how you're getting on. Thank you and thanks for having me. It's been great. No worries at all. Speak soon. Nails, hair, hips, heels. Uh, remix.
nails, hair, hips, heels, ass, fat, lips, real, purse, full, big bills, bitch, I'm a big deal. Legs, legs, face, eyes, thin waist, thick thighs, you, me, you, wish, new phone, who this? Pussy puss bob and you pop that tongue, bitch, this whole club is my runway run, bitch, y'all five, four, three, twos, I'm a one, bitch. Girl, what did that girl just say, girl? Girl, I don't dance, I work. I don't play, I slay. I don't walk, I strut, 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 and then sashay. But I don't work for free. That's not the tea, hunty. So make it rain on me, and I might let you see. My nails, hair, hips, heels. 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 Say, girl, strutting long hair, no nails, and my hips done spread. Ooh, girl, I've been working all night, but I ain't break no sweat. And I pop like a bottle, and I walk like a model every time that I post. Another million dollars, and you see, see, come and step back, you should let it in. Want my skin, give it cinnamon, melanin. Left, right, left, right, left with a spin, bitch. Where's my sash and crown? Cause I win, bitch. I'm so fab, I'm gone with the wind, bitch. Y'all, six, seven, eight, nines, I'm a ten, bitch. Watch, I high kick, then I drop, punch, the clock right on the spot. Check, rub me all of my coins, serve all the kids live. Watch, I high kick, then I drop, punch, the clock right on the spot. Check, run me all of my coins. Girl, what did that girl just say, girl? I couldn't tell you what was said. Girl, I don't dance, I work. My nails, hair, hips, heels, nails, hair, hips, heels, nails, hair, hips, heels, nails, hair, hips, heels. Nails, hair, hips, heels, nails, hair, hips, heels, nails, hair, hips, heels, nails, hair, hips, heels. Okay, dolls, y'all know what time it is. Come on, everybody on the floor, everybody on the floor. Now I want you to stretch out those arms, stretch out those legs, stretch out that wrist, stretch out that weave. I don't want to see you dance. I want to see you work. Come on, drop for me, drop for me, drop, drop for me, drop for me, drop, drop for me, drop for me, drop, drop for me, drop for me, drop. Tongue pop for me, pop for me, pop tongue pop for me, pop for me, pop tongue pop for me, pop for me, pop tongue pop for me, pop for me. Pose for me, pose for me, pose, pose for me, pose for me, pose, pose for me, pose for me, pose, pose for me, pose for me, pose for me, blink for these, blink for these hoes, 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 twelve for me, twelve for me, twelve, twelve for me, twelve for me, twelve, twelve for me, twelve for me, twelve, twelve for me, twelve for me, twelve say girl for me, girl for me, say girl for me, girl for me, say girl for me, girl for me, say girl for me, girl for me. Now snap for me, snap for me, snap, snap for me, snap for me, snap, snap for me, snap for me, snap, snap for me, snap for me, snap. Now clap for me, clap for me, clap, clap for me, clap for me, clap, clap for me, clap for me, clap, clap for me, clap for me, clap. Give trade for me, trade for me, trade, trade for me, trade for me, trade, trade for me, trade for me, trade, trade for me, trade for me, trade. Those shade for me, shade for me, shade, shade for me, shade for me, shade. Those shade for me, shade for me, shade, shade for me. Shame for me, shake now, fan for me, fan for me, fan, 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 shablam for me, shablam for me, shablam, shablam for me, shablam for me, shablam, shablam for me, shablam for me, shablam, shablam for me, shablam for me, shablam. That's all. Todrick, you so crazy.